Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Patreon is an incredible way for projects like this to get an extra boost. Visit patreon.com slash theaterinthenow to learn how you can support the podcast. And as always, follow us on Twitter and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. It's time for another recap of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10. Today we are having a panel on why and how Reddit and TMZ got it so wrong and denied us of our opportunity of seeing Blair St. Clair escorted out in handcuffs. Joining me today is Zalika Parsons. DUI, she better do. Hi. How are you? Great. How are you? Pretty good. Upset. Same. I am a big Blair St. Clair fan. I love my twinks and now I'm denied my twink and it's unfair. I mean, I don't have the same twink diet that you do, but I am very sad that Blair got due declared all the way back home. It's it, Yeah, I mean, I wish her all the luck. I hope she does great things, but at least she was different on this season, unlike some people. I mean, you said it, not me. I did. I did. So where did you watch the show last night? I watched it from the safety of the gym on 59th and 6th. No, wait, 59th and 3rd, I believe, yeah. Oh, fancy. They had a plane there? Well, no, I had my phone, and I put it on the treadmill, and I was running, and I was like, yes! And then I realized it was in a room full of straight people, so... They weren't yassing with you? Well, no, they were more so looking at me and asking, are you okay? Of course, of course. Well, I watched last night at Fresco's Cantina... Uh, with Gina Tonic and Nicole Anoscopy. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I was just sat in the back, so couldn't really hear much of anything, but still had a great time with great food. Great food. The food, no. I um, Fabulous did, food. Yeah, I did the, the show there two weeks ago with Gina. Let me tell you, they got a heavy pour and a heavy taco, so those are my yeah. two favorite things. I decided to get the quesadilla this time because I love their breakfast quesadilla, mm-hmm. and this one held up too. I was mm-hmm. quite impressed. Like, it must be this like cheese blend they use. I don't know what it is, but there's something good in it. Yeah, I had to steal one of Gina's quesadillas because I was just like, you know what, I'm going to be healthy, eat one taco, that's fine. And I saw her quesadillas, I was like, bitch, move over, you're skinny, you don't need that in your life. Oh, you just complimented her. She's going to love you forever. Yeah, but it's okay. She gives me money sometimes to do shows, so that's That's all that matters. So let's talk about the episode. So, after the elimination, Monet is disheartened being in the bottom two for the second week in a row, and she also happened to ruin her entire garment, to which Monique says, you can buy a new one and it will be the accurate cut. Shade or facts are facts? Monet claps back with brown cow, because let's all remind ourselves she was wearing... A brown cow. I saw a brown cow. It was cute. No, it was, it was no. a giraffe. It was Come a giraffe. Uh, so Cracker came to win, but she is turning into the Susan Lucci of season 10. And she knows that she has to start winning, getting a winning streak if she's going to be a contender in this game. Miss Cracker's always been a winner in my heart, though. So it's like, true. I it's, love her. It's really awkward because like, Drag Race used to be about, okay, doing drag in the moment, in the moment, in the moment. And a lot of it's been changed because, like, a lot of these girls now, like, you see when they post the pictures on Instagram the day after, it's like, oh, this is the outfit I wore, dressed by her, hair by this, clutch by that. And I'm like, okay, now it's not more, like, you could win based off of things other people have made for you, which it's, it is a social game. Drag is also very social. Absolutely. But, like, that changes everything. It's true. It's true. Well, Aquaria gave Monet a big hug, and honestly, it was the most artificial moment of the show. I love Aquaria with all of my heart. 
The most artificial moment of our show. Yeah, pretty much. True, true. So the next day, Blair walks in feeling pretty secure, and that moment was when I knew it was not a good sign for her in this episode. The girls joke about the hee-hee-hee of it all, a.k.a. Monique's laugh, and they all hope that they will use it in replace of Rue's giggle into the commercial. Will it happen? Find out soon. Rue comes in to announce the mini-challenge called Sitting on a Secret. Cue the song from All Stars 3, and note how none of the girls knew what the song was. <laughs> oh, I loved it. It was so funny. Uh, so the game, which is going to probably be the new bar game everyone's going to be playing at drag shows. Uh, the game is you get are blindfolded, and you take turns sitting on items and guessing what it is. So rather than going by each girl like we usually do, we're going to go by item and talk about the... The highlights or lowlights of those. How stupid this challenge was. Got it. It was so stupid, but so amazing. It was amazing, though. So we started off with a fax machine. Monique is careful what she sits on and calls it a transformer. Asia notes it's a fax machine because she's old. Yes. Yes, she is. Next, we had an eggplant. And as Aquarius says, bigger than expected. And she is such a bottom. Yeah, no, no denying that. That's factual. Um, Monet then says, it's squishy but hasn't exploded on me yet, and thinks it's an avocado. I mean, Monet's got a big ass, so it's not her fault. Like, you can't... But when has an avocado and an eggplant ever been confused for one another? Well, she got, again, she got a big ass, so I mean, you never even know. That's fair, that's fair. Next was the traffic cone, and I was scared for everybody. That could have been... The most amazing penetration scene of any <laughs> porno or slash episode of Drag Race ever. Yeah, I mean, the Vixen is the really the only one who got right up in it. She was like, I'm going to go down on it. She was, I mean, she's been running her mouth. I guess she's just sexually frustrated. She's not really an angry person. She's probably true. just... I mean, it was just like, it reminded me of when uh, Aquaria was sitting on the horse from that... Uh, Hoedown challenge? Girl, she was ready. She, she was got ready. her legs around that. Next up was the bag of chips, and Eureka crunched those chips to bits. They're there gone. were no chips left. Next was an homage to season one uh, cast out pork chop. Monique got it when Rue gave her a clue, and that was a little unfair, but whatever. Hey, pork chop. Cracker is Jewish, if you didn't know that, and she was worried that she was sitting on ham. Wait, Cracker is Jewish? Yeah. I had no idea. I know, right? Crazy. She's a very Christian woman. I know. She has this really cool web series called, like, Review with a Jew. It's really? Good. It's really good. It's really good. Next, we had Marshmallows. I'm not sure how the Vixen confused it with spaghetti, but sure. She's she's an edumacated woman. She, it took her a minute. Um, next up was Fish. Blair is terrified of the squishy, cold, and wet... Thing and thought it was bacon? I mean, I'm pretty sure she's had a very squishy wet thing up her ass before because oh. she looks like she's 12. So. Oh, absolutely. And then Cracker had the line of the night. This is flat and a little cold, so I want to say Aquaria. That's, I love Miss Cracker for it was so various smart. reasons. It was so good. And finally, everyone lands on the cake and no one wants to do that part at all. Um, do you think the show pays for the dry cleaning? Um, I mean, I noticed, if you really noticed, they did, like, severe, ch- co- like, outfit oh, of changes. of course, of so course. So, my theory was either they were, like, bluntly, like, hey, don't wear your designer shit, or, like, B, were just, like, hey, let's pretend that you're not gonna get messy for this, and they sprung for, like, a $20 dry cleaning budget between all of them. Probably. Making the intern do it. 
So Asia got the most right and eventually won the mini challenge. What does she win? She wins some sort of hair care package. She doesn't get to pick the teams because they are determined by the individuals. The Maxi Challenge is a DragCon cross promotion where the girls will get into teams of three to create their own DragCon panel with discussion, demo, and questions from a live audience. The teams that they picked are Team Body, which is Monet, Cameron, and Eureka, Team Face, Monique, Aquaria, and Asia, and Team Wig, Cracker, Blair, and the Vixen. What team would you want to be a part of? The audience, so I could judge everyone severely. Yeah, have you been to DragCon? <laughs> you think I have money? That's cute. Uh, no, I've never been to DragCon. I'm never going to DragCon unless I get on Drag Race. And let's be fair, that is never happening anytime soon. Why have you been to DragCon? It's okay, so much fun. Hear me out. See, the thing is, especially, and this is probably going to be brought up more than once during this podcast, but for me, drag is about the nitty gritty in the beginning and like. I feel like DragCon is overproduced, overproductioned, over money. Like, especially they have fast passes this year to meet the queens you really want to yeah, meet. Yeah, those are ridiculous. It's such like a ego fest, mm-hmm. and I'm I don't need to be a part of that. Yeah, well, I mean they have fun things you can buy there, and the d- vendors are cool. Yeah, but most of these things you could either buy online or like Venmo your friend. Hey, here's twenty dollars. Get me this. That's fair. It's true. So, so as we cut to commercial, we all got our wish. Monique's he he he. <laughs> replaced with ruse it was amazing it was it was the dream come true it, it's like the he 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 is like now the vanji no the vanji will always be the vanji well i mean if, if you haven't seen um rue was wearing a necklace the other day that said vanji on it so she's in on it she's in on the joke miss vanji she knows it so, we're, it's time for the writing session. Eureka leads her team because she has experience and she's been on panels at DragCon befa- before. <coughs> um, unfair <coughs> advantage? <laughs> so, they come up with proportionizing. It's the word of the day. And the definition is... To proportion one's body so you don't look like a tabellard. Or creating the perfect silhouette. I don't know... Big words. That's more than three You had, like, I had the Webster's Dictionary and you gave us the um, Urban Dictionary. Yeah. So, Monique is not here for proportionizing. I feel like Monique's not here for anything. She doesn't like any fun things any of the girls do. So, Monique is, like, the problematic fave of this season because I, during the deliberations, during any time that she is not in drag, I hate her, anything that comes out of her mouth. But the minute she's in drag and she's on, you just have to love her. Yeah. I, I, she's interesting. She's grown mm-hmm. on me. So Rue waltzes in and asks team makeup about their experience with makeup and um, Aquaria apparently practiced in her room as a child and learned how to paint. Rue drops little nuggets, and Monique is there to pick them up with dipping sauce as to what she should do. So amazing. She was eating them with the ranch and the spicy mustard, and I was dying. What's your favorite dipping sauce? Woody, okay. So this has been a problematic experience for me because I grew up going through phases. I used to be objected with ketchup and put ketchup on everything. I even actually used to drink it in soda because I was that kind of crazy. Yeah, I put Sprite and ketchup taste really good together. If you have never tried it, try it. Um, I'm gonna need an intern to try that for me, please. That's fine. We'll get the, Fabio. Fabio. Yeah, get, I go wish, to get the catch up. Honestly, like I may have an intern soon. Well, well that's a whole lot of discussion. But now oh, I'm currently on um, honey mustard and ranch together. Not uh, in the okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but no, I, those are the two I would go with. I'm not a barbecue Good. sauce person at all. 
I like barbecue sauce on chicken, like pre-marinated, but you get dipping yeah. just doesn't work. And then like it's the same with buffalo for me. Like it has to be buffalo on the chicken, and then you put the blue cheese with it. See, I have acid reflux, so spicy um, scares me. Oh, spicy is my jam. Mm. It's my jam. Well, over at Team Wig, Rue asks who's been to DragCon, and apparently only the Vixen has, so Rue fires Cracker and Blair. As one should. Um, before we go any further, I want to take a second to discuss something. I'm scared. The way they filmed this portion of the show, the girls are sitting at their workstation, and Rue is standing at the head of the table. When they cut to Rue, we see the background of the workroom with the three portraits, but it looks suspiciously, suspiciously like a green screen. The next scene is with a uh, scene with the team proportionizing, and when it's cut to Rue, we're closer to one of the portraits and the stairs. It's just a trick of the eye, right? They're not pulling a fast one on us, are we? Drag Race refilm something or edit something so it's fishy? Never. I took screenshots and they're like, it, it's the shadows. The shadows are what bother me big time. I was going to say the screenshots, we definitely, we deliberated. The judges have deliberated and we've made some important decisions. The one photo you took, the screenshot you took, you saw no shadows on the staircase and the staircase literally looked like someone edited boxes. Yeah. Like three rectangles on top of each other and like painted them gold real quick because there's no way that's an actual staircase. Yeah. It's 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 tricky. I'm very curious. So I'm, I, I, I'm going to have to like reach out to one of the girls or something and tell me like what's going on there. Because like it definitely like because the thing that also brings that up is you could tell it, it is a possibility because of All Stars 3 when they did the um, the two uh, Alaska and... McMichaels, when Chad. They, Chad, when they had the two of them sneaking up behind the girls, that was obviously green screen. Absolutely. So green screen technology is not out of the question. Yeah. So, just throwing that out there, conspiracy theorists, get on it. We learned that Blair has experience working with wigs through theater and alcohol. It's true. It's true. It's true. So when Rue asks their group who is going to moderate, they say no one. Darn, that's not a good move. You know that music, whenever you hear that, like, boom, music, yeah. that Rue's, like, face is just like, no, don't do that. It's true. Over at Team Body Adi Adi, Rue reminds us that Cameron has a man's body. Oh, boy, does Cameron have a man's body. She is a man, Maury. Oh. Um, Cameron is going to teach the panel about how to feminize the masculine body. Because she has a man's body. She has a triangle body. She's triangle body, that's She's right. She's Team Triangle. She just doesn't know it yet. Uh, well, do you want to explain what Team Triangle is? Surely. So if you go on Instagram and look up hashtag Team Triangles, you'll see pictures of my lovely puke-worthy face. Because I am Team Triangles because I stole it from Ritzy Bits. Oh, Ritzy Bits. Uh, so Rue calls out Monet for her last challenge because she wasn't wearing pads last week. And she was supposed to be eating the pads. And how could you eat pads if you're not wearing pads? Which is rude. Do you eat pads? No, because I just don't have any enough. They used to have flavor in them, but I washed them so many times that they lost the flavor. You just eat chorizo now. I eat chorizo. I'm literally eating chorizo as we film this, yes. Uh, so, Rue drops the bomb to the group that the audience will rate each panel and each queen. Oh. Oh. That's not... More conspiracy? Because the crowd has never met any of these queens before at all. And they've never seen any of them in on a television program before, Never. Right? Not even for five episodes. No. Well, Monique is worried about Aquarius public speaking because she fumbles with her words because she is a 21-year-old who has not been educated. Let's be real. Most of her 
of Aquarius, public speaking is done with 160 characters or less or within 10 seconds of an Insta video. So she doesn't have that much experience talking for longer than 30 seconds. It's not her fault. It's so true, true. So on Elimination Day, Blair knows that she has to be super likable to the, in the panel, so much so, so that she has a stat notebook of every challenge and every runway of Drag Race. Do you have one of those? Wait, I'm sorry. She has a... Blair does? Yes. Of every challenge and every runway. Yes. Of every season. Every show. Every episode. That's really creepy and also admirable, but mostly creepy. She's a dweeb, so you don't have that? I mean, I act... Okay, that I'm lying to you. I don't have it of Drag Race, but of Dragula, I do have... Oh, do you? Yeah. Like, my, my computer background has been every... My favorite top look, and then I have all the other bottom looks underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, like, her having this book is not out of the realm of, like, how to win a reality show. Um, I'm, I'm going to, like, geek out for a second. But last season on Big Brother Canada 5, uh, Kevin Martin had the entire series in a book, studied it so much that he knew how to win the show by winning every competition and won season five. Okay, but this is an other Big Brother people that has not working for it. We, like, most of the Big Brother geeks in the U.S. series have gone home first. Because they're like, I'm a super fan, but I'm not going to tell everybody. Right, but that's Canada. Canada's different. Canada's that's, smarter than that's America. That's a different beast. Yeah. But having a, doing your research and doing your homework before going on a reality show is a good move, Monique Hart. I'm not switching the subject. Did you watch um, Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother? Of course for I did. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Oh, we totally will. Oh, my God. Uh, so Monique has to make many of her looks in the workroom because of money. Um, I I mean, I respect that, but in the day and age of Drag Race now, how do you get on the show without having all of these looks ready? And, I mean, she did say she came into the competition with Glitter and Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, okay, so this goes back to me saying the whole production blah 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 bullshit. In my opinion, and I said this to you before we even started filming... Drag race used to be about what you can do as a drag queen. You go into a room, they give you the fabric, you, the fabric over there, hair, what, what can you make out of it? And that's where I had respect for drag race. Now I just, and I, I'm not saying any of these drag queens by name because I do really, the ones I've met and love, great, whatever, cool friends, best friends race, yes. But like, now it's more like they post their looks the next day and they're like, hair by her, dress by couture, this one made that. And I'm like, that's more about who you know and what money you have. She, okay, so this girl didn't know that many people and couldn't borrow things. But the fact that she turned that damn garment out in 30 minutes, Bianca Del Rio made a dress on stage in four minutes. Everyone loves her for it. Yeah. So you're going to love this girl too because that look, if you, if you gave all of them girls 30 minutes and that fabric, half of them were going to literally put it over their head, cut a hole, and be like, it's a poncho. It's true. She turned, if you, that out of retrospect, if you put your hands up and covered everyone else, she looked good. Yeah. For 30 minutes worth of work, if you gave me 30 minutes right now, I, I would Uber home. I'd be like, that's what I did successful <laughs> in 30 minutes was got an Uber home. That's about it. Do you make any of your own costumes? Oh, God, no. I mean, I always told myself, though, if I did ever try out for any reality series, knock on wood, you heard the wood knock, I would either learn how to sew or openly be like, peace. This is it. Done. Bye. Yeah. Out. Well, we'll get to her runway look in a little bit, but Asia sees Cameron's before and after photo, and we learn about the history of her bulking up, because she did it for a boy. 
If I were a boy. So she had to change her entire drag aesthetic because she looked like a man in a dress, but she doesn't care now. So she'll show her arms and her tattoos, and if people don't like it, whatever. I resonate with that because I recently, um, I don't know if you know this, I took a hiatus for like four or five, six months. about Just about six months because um, I had a lot of personal things going on. I wasn't a boy. I'm better than that. <laughs> but... um. No, I took a hiatus for eight months, six months. I keep, time's going to change every time I say it. (laughs) But regardless, took the hiatus and I lost um, 80 pounds. Yeah, so far I'm at 80 pounds and I've lifted and I run now. And my silhouette has completely changed. So Lord knows, Jesus, I've been wearing the same costumes and people are like, that's a little loose on you, don't you think? (laughs) Maybe those hip pads should be a little smaller now. Like, you aren't that big anymore. Well, I'm still big, but. And I'm like, okay, now I don't know what I'm doing, but. You go, girl. Fix that triangle body. Live your best life. Everyone wants a triangle body. Not me. I don't want it. I don't want it either. I just want triangles in my face. Well, so Monet's aunt and uncle, who basically raised her, didn't know that she does drag, as it's not really approved on the islands. We learned that she won Miss St. Lucia, and basically was found out by a photo on the cover of the islands only magazine. Newspaper. Uh oh, and she still like fudged what it was and mm-hmm. said what it was about, and they still don't know. Okay, first of all, congratulations! She is the winner of the acting challenge this week. If she fudged something that real, because it was in like writing, yeah. drag queen winning, and that, that's congratulations on that on that part. But I mean, like, I give it up for her because some you have to do what you have to do in your comfort level, security. Like, it's a, every person's situation is different, so I really can't blame her for anything. That's true. Well, before we head to the runway, of course, we go into commercial, and rather than um, Monique's laugh, we get Vangie. Miss Vangie. I'm telling you, if she's not the queen that comes back this season, or if they don't bring anyone back this season, we're going to see her in a box next Is season. it possible that Miss Vangie wins fan favorite? Oh, she has to. Like, what would it, what would it say if she wins fan favorite? That she... I feel like it would... I mean, to be blunt, she probably had the best personality, the best, like, uniqueness and realness next to Blair St. Clair. Mm-hmm. It would either be one or the other, in my opinion, to be a fan favorite slash Miss Congeniality yeah. or whatever. But, like, you know, this is Vangie for president. Well, here, here's my question as it relates to Eureka. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to see more Vangie. Mm-hmm. We want her back on the show. We didn't really clamor and be like, oh, we want Eureka back. We were given Eureka. Yeah. Will Vanjie have this, like, step up that Eureka's had if she does come back in a future season? So here's the thing. I was thinking about this on the ride home, because on the ride over, because of the whole Eureka getting favoritism in this episode because she's done drag con or whatever. The thing, the difference in the situation was episode five, and it's not Eureka's fault. It's production. Episode five, when she broke her knee or leg, whatever... They were, Rue was like, we're giving you a spot back next season when it heals. Yep. So everyone in America knew she was coming back. Everyone had all this time to prepare and see her grow and see her change and all these things. Knew when she left, so they knew when it was filming. So that anticipation grew. Mm-hmm. If they did not mention Miss Vanjie coming back, period, and next season she comes out of a box or something, that's a different situation. Yeah. It's not being produced. It's not being a fake out. It's just a genuine surprise and I feel like that would be a better response that's fair I'm just at the point of like if oh my god if you bring back a third 
contested for a third great straight season. I'm not here for it. I mean, they, they, it's it's kind of like the trademark at this point. Although, yeah, no, like I, America's Next Top Model did it mm-hmm. <laughs> after their hiatus. They did it, so if they because it would be Cynthia Eureka, Vanji. Vanji. There should just be like a Vanji show. The Vanji show probably on Wild Presents as yeah. we speak. They're being it's being it's filmed. True, it's true. Well, it's time to talk about the drag con panels, and we're gonna go through each one and just talk about the highlights and the lowlights because there are a lot of both. So we're talking about the hair, because highlights and lowlights. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, first off, before we get to the hair, it's team body. And what's their catchphrase? Proportionizing. How far do we... How long do we have to wait till that's on a t-shirt? Or do we already have it? Probably already have it, because I haven't checked my Instagram in 24 hours, so... Yeah, you're right. There's going to be proportionizing. I don't, I don't think it's going to catch on like Banji, but... Well, no, because if you saw, Eureka probably has the shirt, because the minute the episode was over, she put her runway look up, or the the thing look up, and it said proportionizing, and had her in three different poses. So. Oh, gross. So okay. I think she's taken the, that one to the bank. Great. Well, Cameron starts first by revealing that she's bodybuilding Barbie, and that she molds her body after superheroes, which I thought was really interesting. But also the bodysuits. The bodysuits is true. As someone who only wears bodysuits, the bodysuits. Yeah. Uh, and again, she has a V. So she has a triangle. She loves it. I like the V. That's true. It's my favorite part so, of the body. She brings out her hip pads as an example and then passes it off to Monet and her big booty. Booty, booty, booty. Monet gives us a little hint on how to make boobies. Uh, tricks for tits, as they call it. Uh, Monet uses her old panties and pushes them like where her man boobs are and creates. Her lady boobies. One eight seven seven tricks for tits. Create your tits today. Eureka, a veteran of season nine, let's not forget that, gets a round of applause from the audience as she reveals that she wears a fifty-two H bra. Girl, that's like a head. That's like one of Saturn's moons, I think. Like it's big. It's a lot. It's a lot. Well, I think the three of them have like a great rapport with one another. They're very, they're quick, they're funny. It was a good panel. It was interesting. Um, they are given a question from an audience member that went serious as fuck. Yeah, it was like it was weird because like, yes, this was the first panel, so I was expecting all three groups to get random questions, but they mm-hmm. were the only one that got like a random question. So I almost wonder if there were multiple questions per panel, and this is the one that like they added was, it in. Yeah. But their question was, in this political climate, why is drag important? And I feel like that question was stolen from my other Block Talk podcast, but I'm going to let you have this one. It's okay. I didn't really hear the answer because I didn't care because my guests who answered that question say it better. Um, So we bring out straight boy pit crew member Bryce as he is used for the demo. Wait, he's straight? Oh, yeah, he's straight. Really? He's straight. Straight for pay? The redhead is straight. Straight for pay. It's true. Uh, Cameron tucks him. Eureka can't focus because he's so pretty. And honestly, neither could I. I would like... I mean, I wish the unedited version happened. Like, I would love to see that, like, partition go away and we could see... The talk. The talk. I mean, Willem published a talk, like, how to talk video on, um, I think, Xtube. So you actually see physically how it works. Oh my god, is it still there? Yeah. I'm gonna watch that later. Um... Eureka has pad shorts, and honestly, that sounds like a brilliant concept. Planet Pepper. 
I yeah. had the same ones. Yeah. I had, to, I had to tear the shorts off because of the weight loss that just looks like a saggy butt. But um, Planet Pepper, they are the ones who like first originated the originated the language. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, no, they're not that. They're very, they're rather cheap considering like it's like an ingenious kind of thing. Yeah. And it, I've seen girls get into drag within five minutes dress getting dressed because those shorts. Amazing. It takes out the shift work. Well, you just gave them a great plug. You're welcome. You should, like, come and sponsor the podcast now. Just Thanks. saying. Thanks. And or give me a new pair of hip hats because I'm not as let's, bad anymore. Let's do both. Because, I mean, I don't need hip hats because I'm not a drag queen. Yeah. Nope. Never, ever, yeah. ever. It's never going to happen. So they put the big boobs on him and uh, big butt because proportionizing. And he looks not bad. It's cute. Fine. I like the dress. The dress is cute. The dress was you could cute. tell it was one of Monet's dresses. Oh, totally, totally. We're up to team makeup. Asia walks out and her teeth are bright. They are perfect. And someone calls them veneers and they may be, but whatever. She, she looks great. She shines bright. Asia's funny as she tells about her past with makeup. Aquaria used to play with makeup starting in seventh grade by taking pictures on her webcam and then playing with Photoshop, and as she's saying all this, I'm like, I feel dirty listening to you. I don't, I don't feel comfortable. I've never listened to Aquarius speak for more than two minutes, and it was hard. Well, have you ever seen her live? No, I've actually done competitions when she first started against her. And let me tell you, I asked her for makeup advice once, oh. and it was pretty much the same conversation. Oh, God. So she would have been, like, what, 18, 19? Yeah, no, probably because, uh, well, I've been doing drag for eight years. And this happened maybe because well, Drag Wars was still at Rise Bar when I think the first time I competed against her. And yeah, no, she, she was probably about 19. Damn. Anyway, Monique is pretty strong as the moderator. The question that they get is what could a woman learn from a drag queen? And what could a woman learn from a drag queen? Because their answers were stupid. <laughs> I was like, literally. They were trying to dodge the bullet by not saying the most obvious. You could learn how to highlight, how to contour. You can learn quick makeup tricks on how to do something faster. And Aquarius just like, look like a clown and say fuck you to people. That's yeah. what I do. Don't get me wrong. That's exactly what I do. But a woman could learn so much more than that. It's true. So their demonstration actually is a bit of a nightmare. Monique tries starts to paint Bryce, but he's already like mostly done. They're just not prepared, especially when your uh, Asia starts to do her demonstration about putting on a lash, and Aquaria does a glitter lip, and they talk over each other, and they're like, "While well, she's doing that, I'm going to do this," and then it just didn't work. Um, but I'm also going to say I think there was some editing involved. I'm con- I, my thought exactly because if it, that was their final product, I'm sure they would have been a, like they wouldn't have judged the teams; they would have just judged everyone individually because it was a shit fest. But also, my question is, was it edited down to the point where did they do the makeup on Bryce or did Bryce get the makeup done already? It seemed like the foundation was there and they just put the top parts on. Because his brows were done. His eye makeup yes. was done. Yeah. I think he was done up in the back. And if they were going to do the speaking at the same time, I don't understand why they just didn't do it on Bryce simultaneously. Correct. Because that would have tied it in better. Correct. Their panel was not perfect. It wasn't great. I mean, speaking of not great, team hair, team wig. Blair starts them off, but she's not quite the moderator. They try using wigaholics as their comedy crutch, but it doesn't quite land. 
There was a funny bit when Cracker smells Merkin and Vixen reveals that she's Afrin Merkin. That was hysterical. That was very funny. I'm glad the two of them picked that up. Um, but basically, their entire bit was making cruel digs at each other. Katy Perry called this was going to suck by saying wig. Wig. She called it. She ruined it for wig. everyone. Wig. When they're asked about wig advice, they just try to make it a joke. My thing that okay, first of all, Vixen hair looked atrocious. Sorry, yeah. that's that's is I gotta it, get is it her hairline? As someone with the receding hairline drag queen schmuck, the thing she doesn't do is she doesn't contour her forehead. Yeah. So that wig line doesn't look anywhere near remotely re- re- good. Yeah. And like she wins challenges with this. I mean, because honestly, personality is ninety nine percent of drag. It's true. It's unfortunate. Uh, so Bryce comes out as the demo boy. Blair brushes the hair. Cracker helps with the wig cap, and the vixen does nothing. Well, okay. Blair d- d- styles the hair that's already styled. Yeah. And just styles it the way she already styled. So that was confusing. And then Cracker, when she did the tape thing, vixen walked around, and I was like, "Where? Why is she walking?" It was just a mess. It was. It was bad. Um, they end their panel with giving out wigs to the audience, and it still didn't help them. I'm going to tell you right now, it didn't help them, because those didn't look like full wigs. They looked like extensions, and I'm calling it that they were only extensions. That'd be funny, though. Because it looked like those big extension packs that you get, like, 125th of yeah. Harlem, and you get those, like... They probably just had them in the back. There were sew-ins. Yeah. So we're going to move into the runway. Bring it the, to the runway, runway is Hats Incredible, and in honor of the runway, we like to play games on this show. We are going to play... Hats hot or hats not? Yay! So, first up, Cameron Michaels, Space Age Realness. I love this look so much. The colors were right. The Orbiter was fun. Hats hot for me. For me, considering it was a multifaceted challenge, hats hot. If the runway was the entire challenge, hats not. Yeah. Because, like, I loved it. I thought it was cute. You could wear that to any bar night. You could do, like, almost any, like, high fashion, high song to it. So hats hot. I like the gray hair on her. I do too. I did not like the gray hair with this outfit. No, even though there was like gray in the outfit, it picked no. it up. No, I think. What color would you pick? It might not have given the color. It might just the way it was styled. Uh huh. Because I feel like if you're gonna wear something that's mo- has movement in mm-hmm. it, your hair should either be like pinned straight or like shorter. Because ha- that hat had too much movement for the waves in the hair. It just it's was fair. too much. I mean, like, it, it, it was a really cool concept and look. But, like, if you noticed, it was constructed in a way where she had to hold it up so it mm-hmm. didn't move. Which kind of bothered me. I was like, oh, I it wish it would have... It would have been, like, cute if she had, like, a little spaceship clip that held it. And she, like, pulled right. it and, like, threw the spaceship. That'd be cute. Thing, I'm a concept person. Concept. Next up is Monet Exchange. Take me to church. I love the colors. Okay, I love the designer who made this outfit. Who was it? I don't fucking remember. She put it on her Instagram. Domino Couture. Domino Couture does a lot of New mm-hmm. York City drag queens. She does. Um, love the designer. Love the fabric. I just didn't understand. I, I thought going to church with it was a little too obvious, personally, for me. And we've seen Monet. I've, someone who's seen Monet in New York City, we've seen her do so many, like, concept things that people have obviously done and take it to another level yeah i just said like same thing with cameron if it was an individual challenge hats not hot yeah but like if it was since it was a dual challenge hats hot 
Yeah, I, 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 I liked the colors on her. And you know what? The church thing, that's kind of why we love her. It is. So for me, it was like we're getting back to the Monet that we know and love. Mm-hmm. Next up was Eureka. There was so much Houndstooth. It's okay for me. But I just feel like it was very forgettable. And, I mean, I know Bianca, like, won the show giving the same silhouette look after look. But it's the same silhouette for Eureka. We've seen her do a cape. We've seen her do this form-fitting look. The only difference this time was the gloves. I didn't love it. Hats. I'm on board of her. I wrote down hats hot, but now I'm feeling it's hats not. Okay, my problem with... Okay, so. I, as someone who wears a lot of only stretch fabric and a lot of only bodysuits because the way I perform, I don't like wearing big intricate things. This outfit, I could see her go into any bar, pull that cape off, and serve a dance number. Absolutely. But this is not what this runway is calling for. This is I didn't even like a hat. No. I thought it was a cop-out hat. Like, it was a very bit, like, now looking back at it, I feel bad for what I said about Monet because her hat, her hat was, like, cunt as fuck. And even Cameron did an interesting hat. Her hat just sucked. Yeah. She made that bodysuit. She found the hat, made a bodysuit to match the hat, didn't wear a hair to make it look more edgy, put the contacts in as a last-minute detail. I just didn't like it. Yeah. Not, it wasn't good. I'm bored. Next up was Aquaria. It reminded me of Courtney Axe's Klaus Nomi look. Mm-hmm. I personally wish there was something different with the hat. I either wish like the hat came over both ears or... Or it was some sort of like hat reveal where it was like on her head, and, like she pulled it up and the bunny ears came out. Mm-hmm. I wanted something more because it's Aquaria, and at this point we expect more from her. And also, like in her like little monologue, she's like, "I'm serving you boy side of Aquaria." And I was like, "That's what you give us every fucking week." I'm gonna have to disagree with you because I was fucking living for the look. Like this was my favorite look of the week. Oh, I loved it, but I'm just saying, like everything she said, I was like, mm. okay, we. I like she's. My thing is, I will be 100 percent with you. I don't like look queens. I hate queens who will rely on the look because I guess that's not where I my strong suit is. So it's kind of like a bitterness at the mm-hmm. end of the day. But at the same time, I just don't feel like I've seen a queer can perform the fucking house down. Absolutely. But I just don't like people who sometimes rely on looks. For certain things. Like, her Instagram looks. Like, I don't like that. Like, that yeah. something rubs me the wrong way. I guess it's me not being able to do it. But this fucking look was a shake-up out of all these, oh, I'm just going to put a regular hat on, blah, blah, blah. It was conceptual. Right. It was different. And it was a complete 360 from what she brought to for the challenge, look-wise. She did a very daytime Paris Hilton getting lunch look for the challenge. And then I don't know where it was like, oh, here's a high concept thing. Yeah. No, again, like, I loved it. I think it was great. I just wish it was even, went even further. I kind of, if I, the only thing I would say if I did this look or if I would had want to recreate it, I would have had the hat, like, as it looked like she was wearing the hat as pants. Yeah. And she was the rabbit coming out of the hat. Great. I'll go with that. That would have been, uh, like, yeah. That would have been hysterical that she was wearing a hat instead of wearing a hat on yeah. her head. That would have been the real gag. There you but go. I love the look regardless. Hat's hot. Hat's hot. All right, here we go. Monique Hart. We all fight over this one. Nope, hate it. It was amazing. It was a basic pattern that I've seen many, 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 many drag queens wear. And that's not a hat. I don't care that she had to make it there. I just was not... Like, if you if you give me all the girls spread out on the row, hers is so basic and boring. Okay, so hear me out. Yeah, go for it. 
If you, like I said before, you gave every girl in that lineup 30 minutes, that fabric, especially because that sequin-ass fabric, mm -hmm. so you know that shit is hard to sew. Uh-huh. You know that come break a sewing machine in 30 minutes to make that? And don't make faces at me right now. I'm not making faces. I saw the face. It's the podcast. They can't see the face. I can see the face. But, like, it's serious. Like, 30 minutes to make a look. I could barely go to Rainbow, come back home in 30 minutes to buy a look. Like, that's something that takes raw talent. And I feel like if Bianca Del Rio in four minutes can make that dress and everyone loves it, why we? I'm not going to shit on her for making a dress at a 30 minutes because you know... No, like, girl, like, she stepped that damn thing, considering it made in 30, like, it, I, now, if she says she brought that from home, bye. Bye. Absolutely. Bye. So, what do you think she did bring? Glitter and Jesus. Do you, do you think she didn't have a look for this runway? I think, now, from the tea that I've heard from previous Drag Race Queens, and I'm not supposed to, to name names, they have a full lineup of all of the challenges Correct. that they need to do. So she had to have brought something, but my mindset is, is a lot of the mini challenges have required quick drag. Maybe she wore something, mm -hmm. the outfit, maybe just the dress. She was like, wait, no, I need to put something that gives me a quick body. Let me throw that on. But yeah. also some of these challenges are a little bit throwaway. -y. So it could have been, I don't know, it could be different this season in the season, the challenges that like, they're like, oh, we're giving you a hat challenge. So make the hat at home. Mm -hmm. And then the outfit was very like it, they could have thought it was like oh maybe we we're just doing a mini challenge with Molly hats it could have been something trickery some tomfoolery I don't know but considering all the other queens had very thematic things she had uh, either brought something or didn't think she was gonna get this far and only like a Dordalano she even Dord right. said she ran it started running out of drag she didn't think it make that far yeah it's true for me it was just hats not and I know for you it's out of respect hats hot but like I said if this was the main challenge hats not yeah. Next up was Asia O'Hara. So here's my critique. The dandelion hat is sensational. I'm about to fall on the floor. Sensational. The outfit didn't fit with the concept. As much as I hated Shangela's corn look, I'd rather see her come out as a stalk. Okay, I get the head to toe. Like, I get that. Um, the hat is brilliant. That was brilliant. My, I, I get what you're saying. The thing I think, if she wore like a white lace dress... That had like little feathers or something. Mm -hmm. Or if she wore this hat for the feather look and had like a dandelion feather thing going on. Yeah. That would have been crazy. I just thought, personally, like I said, as someone who cannot sew and sucks at serving looks, this... Well, I don't suck at serving looks. I take that back. I'm hot. Um, I'm hats hot. But no. I think she did the damn thing. Like part of Drag Race is... Out of nowhere, you need to start. Boom. Like, she yeah. in the beginning was very like, oh, that's cute. Oh, that yes, girl, work. But this was her boom moment. Like, yeah. she made a statement. Like, I, I could see her with with the dress on its own and be like, mm -hmm. fantastic look. I just didn't didn't get the two together. There was no connection, but... No. But, you know, for me, it's hats not because I wanted a connection. That's nitpicky. I am very nitpicky. We're not, but we're not a top. You can't get that nitpicky until we get at least a top seven. Okay, fine. Like considering, consider okay, con considering Miss Hart was wearing a trench coat. Oh, I mean, next, like in comparison, this was amazing on its own. Standalone, sure. this was amazing. I mean, if you want to talk about amazing, it's the next person. Oh, um, my hair lady, Miss Cracker. I love Miss Cracker. She definitely had hat hair, and that's what it, hat hair is now. Um, I loved her line, this is my hair, I don't wear hats. 
I just thought this look was sensational because I didn't ever expect her to do this kind of shape and the silhouette and this classic look. It was stunning. Okay, I love Miss Cracker. She is one of the nicest people. She personally has said so many nice things about me. I want to hug her every time I see her. I wasn't blown away by the look. Okay. The hair, it, it kind of is what you just said about, what's the face? I loved the hat. I loved the hair. The dress did nothing for me. It's fair. I've seen how many drag queens take a lace pattern and make it into a floor-length mermaid. The fit was impeccable. Do not get me wrong. And she probably made that dress herself because she's oh, an amazing tailor. But that being said, at the end of the day, this wasn't one of my more favorite looks. Like, the hat hair, for since we know her from New York, her making hat hair is something predictable for her because she's an amazing wigologist. Yeah. Wigology, the study of wigs. But, like... For her, with her comedic genius, I think she would... I could... The bunny in the hat thing, that's something she could pull out of left yeah. field. Or make a... I, th- I honestly thought she was going to wear a teeny tiny hat. Like, the smallest funny. hat with the biggest hair and just be like, oh, I had no time to get a real hat. So this... Or, like, yeah. something stupid like that. Yeah, I mean, I just appreciated that it, because it was such a classic, like, Broadway movie musical look for her. I was like, that's a different... I like it. I like it. I get, okay. I, I for me, that. it's hat hot. It's hat's hot, but again, if this was the standalone challenge, I don't think I would have said the hat's hot. Blair St. Clair is next, and coming after Cracker, it's very unfortunate for her, because very similar styles. I think it's a beautiful look on her, very old-fashioned. Um, I like the look, it's hat's hot for me. It's just, maybe if they switched Cracker and Blair, I would have loved it more. I also think it was kind of redundant of a look we've seen another queen wear this season because I don't know what challenge it was, but Miss Cracker wore the wide brim hat with the bow down. She wore something very similar, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I don't know. I'm not the best with fashion, but that's why I don't know. I don't know I'm just going to say it looked similar, in my opinion. Y'all could hate me. Y'all could love me. I don't care. I'm not Tyra Sanchez blowing places up, so it's fine. <laughs> but I just thought it was similar from something else we saw. And, like, if you see, as, as someone in a comp- from a competitor mindset, if you see that, you should change it up a little bit. But from a drag mindset, the, the look was, it was a head-to-toe look. It was yeah, a absolutely. concept, concept great. But, again, if this was a standalone challenge, I don't think I would have liked it as much. Yeah. The Vixen. <laughs> Speaking of wearing things that Ms. Cracker may or may not have worn already. The wide brim hat. She did, Cracker already did this. And... I, I'm shocked she wasn't called out for it. I think that's why we could appreciate Eureka a little bit for for wearing a white... Because she wore a wide brim hat, but she took a different silhouette outfit-wise. Yeah. Everyone else who's worn the wide brim hat, even though she wore an outfit made out of hats, it still had a silhouette that resembled that kind of cocktail, see me what you're doing yeah. light a moment. Like, yeah, I mean, it was just the floppy hat look was Cracker's first runway look that she made, out of, made herself. And the way... Like, it looked like... The Vixen brought it with her. No, it looks like she made it there. It looks like an unconventional Well, then if she made it there, then she should be called out by everybody for copying Cracker's concept that was already done. Pause. No, if she made it at home, she'd be even called out worse because it was poorly executed. Like, if you know this is one of the challenges and you're making it at home, oh, I want to make an outfit out of hats to be comedic genius or, like, to yeah. make a statement, you best make sure every edge is cut perfectly. You must... that It fit her so poorly. The fit was poor. The construction was poor. 
I mean, don't. I mean, I can't sew, but I could hot glue gun shit to make it to make it at least look like it looks like it was embroidered and shit. Yeah. Well, it was hats not for me. Hats not for me either. At the end of the day, Team Body wins the challenge. Team Makeup is safe, and Team Wig is in the bottom. Do you Thank agree? I agree, and I was very, very, very happy, mostly because I was afraid they were going to pull some bullshit and judge everyone individually to yeah. try to get either Monet or Muscle Queen home, because it would have been an easy scapegoat way to be yeah. like, oh, as a team, you were strong, but as an individual, hmm. Yeah, yeah, unfortunate. Well, judges critique time. For Cameron, they thought her look was fun and different. Ross called her an after-school special during the challenge, but she did come through. Monet, Michelle loved everything, and Ross said that she won the Turner Carson Cressley blazer into an outfit challenge. She did. Eureka, they ate her up, and I'm not sure why. Eureka was the fan favorite from the audience exit polls because they knew who she was. The only queen they knew who she was prior and the only other way they could have justified this is if they said it was a crowd of straight people who've never seen Drag Race before. Yeah, it was. I it, that rubbed me such. It was bad. It was not good. And the other thing that really like to get even more a little deeper in this, I think had this been the first season VH1 picked up Drag mm -hmm. Race, it could have been a little bit different because it's more mainstream. Right. But Eureka was the first seat on the first season VH1 was on Drag Race, so some of the people, even if they were straight in the audience and they were just VH1 fans. They still know who Eureka is by, like, clicking a channel. Yeah, it was really unfortunate. Miss Cracker, Ross loved her look. They called her out for the lack of information for the panel, and they thought her zings to Blair were a little mean. With Blair St. Clair, Michelle calls her non-existent and matter-of-fact with her panel. Ross calls her too sweet. And then Blair reveals that she tries to lighten up her look and demeanor because of her past, and she reveals that her first sexual experience... She was raped at a college party, and from that she looked to find the pretty things in life. It was very um, interesting that she opened up in that way on the runway. I th it was an empowering moment for her. I mean, I just want to say this as someone who has been in a situation like that. Um, the delivery, I feel like, was edited to make it look harsher than it was. Mm -hmm. Because you know, like, there's no way. Because the way, especially the way they grabbed her hand and everything, you could tell it was, like, a justified she thought during backstage moment that this was a moment for her to say this out mm -hmm. loud and proud. Because if they just put it untucked and never put it on the stage, then that's just an awkward moment. And that's not, that wasn't, that's not, that's not right. So I just feel like it was edited to make it look harsh. Because a lot of people have had a conversation, it's been all over Facebook, that it was too harsh. Yeah. But as... Someone who's been through things, too. I think it was an empowering moment for her. She needed to do that. It was the first time she ever said it out loud. Absolutely. Like, it, it's... She did the damn thing. I'm proud of mm -hmm. her. Yeah. Rue is glad to see her vulnerability and her candor. And the Vixen is ready to find that motherfucker. And if you put the Vixen on a mission like that, she is going to find the motherfucker. Vixen makes something about her? Never. Mm-hmm. Shocking. Uh, the Vixen... They called the flappy hat, flappy hat fun, but somehow forgot about Cracker's almost winning floppy hat look. And Michelle can't see the Vixen's face, and that's a problem. Dun, dun, dun. Eureka manages to win the challenge, and it's complete bullshit and rigged, no. but whatever, go for it. Miss Cracker is safe, leaving Blair and the Vixen in the bottom. Which shocked everyone. Which shocked everyone. We'll get to Untuck shortly, but apparently... They're going to sing to I'm Coming Out, and apparently tumbling and a trombone solo will let you win a lip sync, and raw emotion does not 
get you a victory. The Vixen is safe. Blair is escorted out like a regular cast member and not with handcuffs. And I'm bummed. Did the right person win the lip sync? No. Correct. Uh, <laughs> no, because as someone who's okay, as someone who's a comedy performer and it does rely a lot on doing the little jokes like the trumpet thing and doing like awkward body yeah. movements. There's a time and a place for everything, and I'm not saying this because she came out about her truth and then did a raw emotion song. Not, not, it's not it at all. You could see the emotion in her eyes. There's a lot of, um, especially as New York City Queen, seeing all the competitions, and we're gonna have a final two lip sync. Ready, go. The girl who does the move your lips really quick, make it look like you're a diva of the 70s and you're great and all that, tends to get more of the crowd's cheer, but then you see someone feel the song and live the emotion and not get the same recognition. Yeah. I just think, in general, that's bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very it's very unfortunate. Um, and even for me, it's like, I, with a theater background, I expect like purposeful movements and there's, there's a reason for everything. Mm-hmm. When you know a song is coming and you know that you want to throw in a, a flip or a trick or a split or whatever, it needs to marry the music. Yeah. The Vixen didn't do that. She did her split. She did her death drop. She did her tumble when it wasn't musically called for. Like it was an offbeat and she was just one of that bam, yeah. quick lip sync. And like, a, I think the death drop and the split were basically behind the plane of Blair. So mm-hmm. it's like you have to look through Blair to see the Vixen do her thing. And that's another thing that I think VH1 needs to own up and release. And even Logo needed to do it. I feel like it should be placed, the, they should film the entire lip sync and post the unedited version of the entire lip sync online. Yeah. So this way it's like a fair, like, this is what Rue saw, not a, let's shift the camera to the person we like more and right. show their good moments and show the other person's missteps. Absolutely. I mean, because, like, I would love to see the unedited version of Sasha versus... Um, Shay. Like, that is what we all need to see. Well, that's the problem. We'll never see the unedited version, I think, because it was so live. Yeah. Like, that's never going to happen. But if it did, I think we would all gag. Yeah. Untucked. It was kind of a lackluster untucked. Um, When the safe girls come back, Monique is not happy about being safe. Asia is cool about it, but they may have been fabulous, but the other teams probably may have been better. Yeah. Asia compliments Monique for selling her 30-minute garment over the $10,000 couture, couture outfits out there. Damn straight. And they all think that if the Vixen is in the bottom, she'll send either of them home. Aquaria knows semen. I know semen, too. She does. She does. So Monique come, came out to herself at 16 at a fast food restaurant. And that was interesting. Interesting moment. While changing grease. Yeah. Maybe be even watching Grease. I was going to say, usually gays watch Grease, not yeah. change it. Uh, and then Monique informs America that nothing changes with Pray the Gay Away. And I think those are, like, the way she said it was very comical and, like, tongue in cheek and, like, Monique. It's an interesting conversation that I think might occur afterwards. Yeah, VH1 definitely has been focusing on those, like, full family moment values. Like, they haven't just, like, it's been very overproduced. Don't get me wrong, I will say yeah. that to the day I die. But. They've been focusing on a lot of the hard things that, on Logo, we really didn't care. Like, were quick glimpses. Yeah. 
this is they've been more very on matter of the fact about things. And this is what happens when you get two hours of a television program that we always wanted our full two hours. Except the lip sync's the same long amount of That's time. That's true. It's true. Um, the vixen, she's convinced that it's Blair and Cracker in the bottom. Well, Vixen's convinced that she can't do wrong, and she's convinced that she she shits diamonds. It's true. Blair takes her time in the back to practice her lip sync because she's confident she, she's in the bottom. She knows. The Vixen continues to rationalize why she is safe, and she thinks that she was a 10 and Cracker is an 8. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we get our first video message of the season, and it's a video for Eureka from home as we see her sister is taking care of her mom who has cancer. And all the girls feel emotion, and it's the first time that Eureka's mom has spoken since she left for the show. Um, and the girls like all joke at the end by basically like mocking Eureka, thinking that her mom thinks she's going to win. It's really cute and sweet. And then before you know it, there's another, another video that comes through where it's Blair's mom encouraging her. And I personally wish it was the police saying they're coming for her. Girl, foreshadowing. I mean, there's still time. I mean, if they do do the third season buyback in a row, I would think it's so fucking funny if they were like, oh, and we had all the queens come back except one. That'd be funny. Or or what would be great is if they do like the seven with seven, mm-hmm. uh, like they did for season seven, mm-hmm. um, and then like it would be Blair who would be brought back. But it was like, you can't come back. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, 12 for Peggy. Eureka asks Cracker if she needs help stretching, but Cracker has all the help she needs. And Cracker knows that she's great, but she's upset that she was judged as not being funny since she is a comedian. And Eureka's a cunt. Mm-hmm. Eureka says that Cracker is funny by herself, not with other people. And Cracker's like, uh, what? And, of course, Eureka has to backpedal because that's what Eureka does. Blair opens up further about being raped and cue the piano. The experience has changed her as a person and her perspective on life, and the girls really don't know what to say because it's difficult to say anything in that experience. And then, of course, it has to be Eureka to say, we love you. I'm just happy that the Vixen didn't make it all about her. Oh, wait, she did on the main stage. She did. It was, so it was it's it, it was very interesting how they handled that whole situation, both on the main show and on Untucked. My problem, like, my only thing that really pissed me off, and I know this is, like, completely not derivative of anything that happened, but they gave the foreshadowing of, oh, well, I'm happy Untucked was on after Drag Race because, like... We got a video message for Eureka and for Blair. I hope that there was a third video message or other queens got video messages and they just edited it out. Because if those were the only two video messages they got, not as a spoiler alert, but that just shows you how rigged this potentially is. Because if they knew before even putting them on the runway that Blair was going home and Eureka was winning and that's why they got the video messages, girl, come on. Yeah, It it was really a weird episode. When Blair gets her notes... Um, everyone gives her one, including Aquaria, but she wasn't, she was a little surprised by that. I mean, I would be surprised to even get a follow back from Aquaria, let alone know. <laughs> uh, Aquaria looked at my Instagram story once. I think she follows me. I'm literally going to reach check right now because I feel like a bitch if she follows me and then. <laughs> but I think the cutest note was actually from Eureka where she got like the, the back of a coloring book colored. And yeah, but cute. it was like less than a sentence, the message. Well, Eureka doesn't know much, I guess. 
So I have a couple burning questions for you. I'm scared, but I will answer them to the best of my ability while trying to check if Aquaria follows me. <laughs> nope, she doesn't follow me. What a bitch. What will Blair's legacy be? <laughs> do you as she better do? Right? That's that's all I'm thinking about. Is everyone's going to conspirize what that was about, why it came out the way it did, and why it was not addressed? My thing is, is why did TMZ break it and not like? And she, did she even respond about it? Because she, she didn't. And so now my question is: Did she and the show release it to put this into the universe? My thing is okay. If she owned it and like made merch that said "wanted" on it or something. That would have been fucking hysterical. And maybe she will. Or like if she even, you know, would be so, oh my God. If she did like a gremlins look and said, don't give the give the drag queens alcohol after 12 or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Or like, don't get the drag queens wet with vodka. That'd be so fucking funny. But like, I feel like it also, but the other thing is it's a really good marketing strategy if she does get on the next season of All Stars and they make that about like mm-hmm. her line, her story. Now, do you think... In the world of positivity of drag and bringing change and awareness to every every everything, that now that she's off the show, the TMZ story is out. Everyone knows what happened. wasn't addressed on the show. Do you think she'll use this as a platform to be like, "Don't drink and drive, kids"? From how genuine she seemed on the show, potentially she could do that. It, it's from as like a as a. As a drag queen who has to keep a face and has to do all the social media bullshit, it would be genius. Like, that yeah. would be the best way for her to run and go with it. I hope she does. But my my only fear is if she denies it. If she ever just keeps denying it, that's just going to make her look fake. Right, and that's the thing. Like, now that it's all done, like, this is her time to accept it. Like, she has until next Thursday to either say something or keep it quiet. Yeah. So, Rue has been making some decisions this season, and she's been making some decisions last season. Mm-hmm. I don't think I agree with a lot of them. How are you feeling about the winners, tops, bottoms, eliminated queens this season? Are we talking about this le- the compared to last season, All-Stars? or last All-Stars. season? Okay. All-Stars, in my opinion, I think the decision-making process was a genius. Because letting the other queens decide who went home or whatnot... Perfect because that's. Oh, I'm not how, even talking about that oh, part. It, it's like bad. when Thorgy was in the bottom and BB was in the top. Like how they were. How how. They, okay, they, that they, was a bullshit decision. Like, okay, like BB being safe all these weeks. And like there because we all had the mole theory that we were like. Yeah, well, that pushing on apparently was wasn't not a true. mole. That I don't see how, but okay. From that retrospect, yes, I do think Rue. It's trying to play. It's playing it more for the viewer, for the ratings now. And yeah, it's, to it's unfortunate because, like, I mentioned before, like the vixen getting victories where she shouldn't be getting victories, but she's getting them because she's going to stir the pot by putting people in certain pairings. And now and we're talking about it on a podcast. Exactly. Like the view, like, but see, my thing is, and I'm. I keep saying my thing is. That's my phrase of the day. But like, looking at it from a point of view as a drag queen in the working world and trying to get shows and doing things like that the most realistic thing about all stars is letting the other queens make the decisions and letting them pick the final winner yeah of course that's how drag works the real world you have to get people to like you to get gigs you can't piss anyone off or you're not gonna get booked places that's how the real world works unless you're fucking the owner but not everyone does that like me (laughs) but rue's personal decisions in the words of every other drag queen who has been interviewed on a podcast about RuPaul 
Rue makes the decisions. She's the one with the paycheck. It's true. Well, we are left with eight queens. Yes. Next week is the coveted Snatch Game. Yes! I don't know any spoilers, because the only spoil that I originally heard Mm -hmm. was Blair was going to do Poppy for Snatch Game. The, the the video girl I on YouTube, yeah. Why? She's going to do Poppy. Why not? P-O-P-P-Y. I'm Poppy. P-O-P-P-Y. And that's a shout out to one of my favorite little drag queens, Poppy. I love Poppy. Um, so I want to predict, because I know nothing now, who do you think some of the queens should do? I, I already said this. If Monet Exchange does Bob the Drag Queen, it is either going to be the biggest win or the biggest flop ever. Because... But Monet Exchange is her own person. Bob the Drag Queen is her own person. If Monet does Bob, but it comes across as Monet doing Monet, dressed like Bob, then that could be a problem. However, if she does Bob as in doing Bob like the Bob America knows, because we all know Bob in New York as like Bob, like we know her for being her, it could get translated as Monet being Monet dressed as Bob. So that could be either the biggest one or the biggest flop. Um... Did Eureka wasn't on her season of Snatch Game, was yeah, she? she did not do it. I'm a, I'm afraid she's just going to pull some bullshit and do Paula Deen because she has the accent. I, I'm, I'm very fearful that she's going to do some sort of Southern queen. That would just um, be really sad. I'm I'm going to say, and I don't know how it, was gonna, how it would work, but because Trixie didn't do Dolly Parton, I'm wondering maybe what if, like, Cameron does Dolly Parton? If Cameron does Dolly Parton... I feel like my problem is is Cameron doesn't have the personality to do Dolly Parton. No, not at all. Like even her when she did comedy things, it was a lip sync and she did the face and like the gestures. She didn't have to think of any of the material. She just had the material handed to her and did the kitschy stuff. Yeah. Which is great. That's half the job of being a drag queen, just taking songs. But this situation you are, it's like stand-up comedy as someone else. Like you have to... Run like run as yeah. Fast I feel as you like can. she's gonna pick some sort of the country artist. I feel like, or she's like I don't know who 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 would Cameron do? She did Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus. That would be hysterical. That'd be funny. Like if she actually did it as Hannah Montana did the wig change to Miley. Mm-hmm. That would be funny. All right. Okay. Um, How many Real Housewives are we gonna get? Miss Hart is definitely gonna be a Real Housewife. You know she's gonna be. <laughs> no, ma'am, Pam. I'm sorry. Hello. Yes, she's got that very like. Yeah. She could do a great Nini. Yeah, uh, it was just done though. Okay, and yeah, you're right. What about Cracker? Who do you think Cracker might do? Definitely someone Jewish. Um, I was actually originally thinking the nanny named Fran because she has that kind of like disposition. That okay, yes. You know who I could see her doing, mm-hmm. even though like it's been out in the universe, drag universe before. Mm-hmm. I could see her doing um, Joan Rivers. Oh my god, if she did Joan Rivers, wouldn't it be great? I would cry. It would be so good. I would hysterically cry. That would be... That would be genius. I mean, Sharon's done Joan Rivers before on tour and stuff, but I think... No one's done it. I think Cracker would be brilliant. I think Cracker can do it easily, and it would be a great redemption arc for her, considering she just fucked up a comedy Like, this is her challenge. If she doesn't win it, I'm very fearful for the rest of the season. I feel like she could... If she doesn't win a challenge, she could definitely easily get to top three without winning a challenge. But win the game. How many challenges did Sasha Valor win? She won. I mean, technically, they were combined challenges. She won with uh, Shea Galay. It's not exactly winning. 
Well, it was still a victory somehow. Love you, Sasha. Don't mean it. Fuck me for nightgowns. Thanks. <laughs> what? It's. This it is works. A it works. Um, Gilded What? It works. Gilded Wabbit got had all of her fans to tell Sasha she wanted to be on nightgowns, and she got her. Tell everyone, everyone who, everyone, including my mom and dad, and that's probably all of my fans listening. Tell Sasha to annoy the fuck out of her. I love Sasha, though. Yeah, she's, oh, she's brilliant. She actually, one of the competitions I did, real quick, I know this is totally unrelated, but it's it's Drag Race, it's related. I did La Queen, and she was one of the judges for my round, the pre- prelim round of La Queen, and I was, like, shitting myself because it was right before they announced the cast, so everyone uh, kind of knew, but no one talked about it. That's fun. It was scary, and she, like, congratulated me, and I was like, I'm gonna cry because I've loved you before you even said the words Drag Race. Oh, that's cute. Well, any other predictions for? Trying to like go down the cast list, but I'm forgetting queens because some of them are forgettable. Um, Aquarius probably gonna either do Donatella, uh huh, or um Suzanne Barch. I probably Suzanne Barch. I have that gut feeling. Okay, so hear me out. What if if she does Ms. Cracker? (laughs) (laughs) What if the two of them did each other? They probably have. Um, Twinks tend to migrate like that. Oh, it's so sad. Why does that happen? Well, they did do each other, though, for the birthday invasion. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, they, it's not like they haven't done it before. My th- You know what would be a really good storyline? If one of them says we should do that and the other one doesn't like the idea. Yeah. So the one doesn't and the other one doesn't. That's funny. That would be iconic. Yeah. That would be iconic. That would be great. Okay, so Aquaria probably does like some sort of legend of... Like uh, fashion or, or Amanda Lepore. Well, who, uh, Sharon did a Amanda Lepore, but for other reasons. No, didn't Trinity do Amanda Lepore last year? Did she? I think so. Was it that forgettable? Yeah. Oh, uh, that was one of the worst Snatch Games ever. Like Katy Perry was the worst Snatch Game ever for Alyssa Edwards. Well, no, just like overall Snatch Games, like the fact that Alexis Michelle won with her Liza. Wait, Liza with a Z. Yeah, it was not great. Um. Yeah, so that's what Aquaria would probably do. We already said Monique would probably do a Real Housewife. Um, Monet, maybe Bob. Yeah. Um, we want Cracker to do um, Joan Rivers. Yeah. Um, Cameron does maybe Miley. I hope Miley. That would be amazing. Monique. Asia. Who do we want Asia to do? I think, okay, so this I'm not trying to bring up old Snatch games that have sucked. Well, actually, no, we never saw it. Um, Michelle Obama. Uh-huh, true. I feel like she could do a very regal... Mm-hmm. Or Oprah. Oprah would be good. Like, any African-American woman with regalness... Yeah. She could easily pull off. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited for Snatch Game next week. Before we end, where can we find you on social media? You could find me on the Instagram at Zalika, Z-A-L-I-K-A Parsons, like the School of Design, even though I've never designed anything. Um, you could find me on Venmo on hashtag Team Triangles. I'm Team Triangles on Venmo. Hashtag anything with Team Triangles. Facebook, Zalika Parsons. Grubhub, Zalika Parsons. Christian Mingle, Zalika Parsons. Um, PornTube or Hub as Zalika Parsons. And um, was also on one episode of Wild Boys before it got canceled on MTV. Amazing. Yeah. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for doing it. Thank you for having me and tolerating my smelly feet. Thanks once again to Zalika for joining me. Make sure to tap that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk.